Hey folks, Andy Patton here. Today's show is a roundup of some recruiting updates for the Zags and an update on Drew Timmy and his future in the first segment, as well as a look at the bubble after Wednesday's games and a look at the baseball team's ridiculously hot start to the season, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to take you through another madness of March for Gonzaga basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I also want to thank all of you who've made this podcast your first listen every day, and to those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube. If you have not yet, just go to youtube.com, search Locked On Zags, hit that subscribe button. I would really appreciate it. Trying to get to 500 subscribers before the end of the regular or of the NCAA tournament. We're getting very, very close, so any help you guys can, can provide there would be very much appreciated. All right, we are starting. It's a bit of a gap period for the Zags. Uh, we, we know this is kind of a period of time in the season that some people think actually hurts Gonzaga because they finish their conference tournament earlier than most of the rest of the teams. They get a nice long gap between now and, of course, the start of the NCAA tournament. Uh, so we're going to talk about a few other things today. We're going to talk about things that are not quite related to Gonzaga and the NCAA tournament. We're going to start out with some recruiting updates. There have been a few kind of hand, a handful of small updates about a few guys recently. Kind of bundled them all together. We'll talk about them here. The first update, Sky Clark decommitted from the University of Kentucky. If that name sounds familiar, he is was a priority target for the Zags in the class of 2022 before he decided to go join John Calipari at Kentucky. He's a six foot three point guard from Mont Verde, Florida, 27th ranked player in the class of 2022. I believe the fifth ranked point guard in that class. Very high level, talented, five-star caliber recruit. Uh, obviously was going to go to Kentucky, decided not to go to Kentucky. Uh, his head recruiter at Kentucky took a job at Arizona State. They are one of the many schools that are considered in the mix here for Sky Clark. Obviously, there's a very notable comparison here. That notable comparison, for those who do not recall, is Nolan Hickman. Nolan Hickman also committed to Kentucky out of high school, decommitted, chose instead to come to Gonzaga. We could see a similar path for Clark. It would make some sense for him to be somebody that that at least considers Gonzaga and somebody that Gonzaga would be interested in. Now, there isn't as clear of a role necessarily. Part of the reason that Hickman came to Gonzaga was to fulfill the role that he is currently fulfilling as a high-level backup point guard to Andrew Nembhard, who then takes over as the team's primary starting point guard in the 22-23 season. That would be challenging to do if Sky Clark were to come to campus. Sky Clark is probably the kind of player that would start right away. He would at least challenge Hickman for minutes. The Zags could, of course, Go with two or three guard lineups. Hickman potentially back. Hunter Salas potentially back. Sky Clark in the mix. Dominic Harris in the mix. Julian Strother, if he's back, he could be in the mix as well. And then, of course, there's Anthony Black, who we'll talk about a little bit later, uncommitted 2022 point guard, who has still has Gonzaga on his radar. That's a lot of players. <laughs> That's a lot of people, and I don't think that there is room necessarily for all of those players to fit. What that means is obviously unclear. Sky Clark... 
probably is not going to commit to Gonzaga without knowing what Anthony Black is going to do. I think that's a pretty reasonable assumption that he would not choose to go to Gonzaga if he thought that Anthony Black is also going to go to Gonzaga and that, of course, Nolan Hickman and or Hunter Salas are going to return. Of course, if Clark does come to Gonzaga, either of those current freshmen on the team could make a different decision. They could opt to go to the NBA. They could opt to transfer to a different school. Things like that could change. There could be a lot more movement coming depending on what happens here. Now, Clark is not predicted to go to Gonzaga a few places. He's certainly on the list. Uh, Anytime there's a high-level transfer player, particularly a player who was, or decommit in this case, particularly a player who had some tie to the school before, there's obviously going to be rumblings that it's something that could happen. I wouldn't be putting my money down on Sky Clark being a Zag because I think there's enough kind of up in the air about Gonzaga's backcourt next season that I think if Clark decommitted from Kentucky, he's probably looking to put himself in a situation where he's comfortable, where he knows what his role is going to be, uh, where he's ready to take over a, a big role right away. And there's just too much uncertainty with Gonzaga's future backcourt for him to necessarily make that decision. Maybe he will. And maybe if that happens, it's because Gonzaga is Less confident than Anthony Black's coming to campus, so they put all their chips in on Clark. Maybe they think that one of the freshman guards is going to declare for the NBA or is going to transfer to a different school. A couple of options there. But my guess is that Gonzaga feels pretty good about where they're at with the guard roles next season and is maybe not going to push super hard for Clark. But obviously I will keep people posted as I hear more as we get more information about his new open recruitment. Next up, Dusty Stromer, another name that is probably familiar to a lot of Gonzaga fans who follow the recruiting news. He's a five-star, six-foot-six combo guard out of Sherman Oaks, California. He's the number 37-rated recruit in the class of 2023, so we're not talking about a kid who would show up on campus next season. He would be the year after that. He officially announced he is down to his final four schools that he is choosing from. That would be Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, and the Houston Cougars. So it looks like Dusty wants to stay on the West Coast, with the exception of Houston being on this list as well. Gonzaga and Arizona, that you're going to see those two schools in a lot of kids' top fours, top five, top eights from here on out. It's going to be popular. It's going to be common. The Mark Few versus Tommy Lloyd out on the recruiting trail. It's going to happen. And Gonzaga's going to win some, and Gonzaga's going to lose some. Arizona's going to pull some kids. And and I don't think that every time Arizona gets a high-level recruit that it should be serious cause for concern. A, because Gonzaga got high-level recruits before Tommy Lloyd was in the mix, so it's not like he, you know, it's not like they were a complete non-factor on the recruiting trail prior to that. Yes, Tommy's probably prefers players who are more similar to the kind of players that Mark Few also prefers. So there's probably going to be some more mixing in that regard and potentially some high-level recruits lost to Arizona. We don't know the situation with Strummer. We know he came to campus. He was here in mid-February. He loved it. Great article from Theo Lawson at the Spokesman Review about his visit, about his time in Spokane. Would be a phenomenal fit for this team. The class of 2023 hasn't really come together yet for the Zags, so I think that they're, you know, th- this would be a really nice big first piece for them to secure for that class going forward. Anthony Black is reportedly down to six Six schools that he is making a decision uh, about. He's also still considering the G League as an option as well. So 
His decision hasn't really gotten narrowed down all that much. It's been kind of a wild ride for Black. He is the only five-star recruit in the class of 2022, the only McDonald's All-American who has yet to commit. In part, he had a very wonky high school season where he missed some games because of some kind of archaic uh, eligibility rules that cost him to have to miss some games. He's playing now. He's healthy. All is good. Uh, Gonzaga, Arkansas, Memphis, Georgia, Oklahoma State, and TCU are kind of the it's, it's the group there, and of course the G League has an option for him as well. Uh, Gonzaga's always been a bit of an outlier geographically. Uh, a lot of more schools kind of in the Midwest or the South area for him. A phenomenal basketball player. If you have not seen him play, if you have not watched highlights of Anthony Black yet, uh, definitely watch them with the understanding that if he doesn't come to campus, it's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to it's going to hurt seeing how good he can be because he is very tantalizing. He is six foot seven combo guard. Drawn comparisons to Sean Livingston, who would have been an all-time great in the NBA had he not suffered serious knee injuries early in his career. Anthony Black is going to be a complete menace defensively, offensively. His skill level is just through the roof. Uh, a lot of people believe Gonzaga is the front runner here. Oklahoma State was a really significant push for a long time. Arkansas has made a late push for him. Uh, it's still open. There's, there's not a lot of complete consensus on what's going to happen with Anthony Black, but Gonzaga is considered... A bit of a front runner. They're certainly the most notable basketball program out of that group right now. Uh, obviously, Memphis has pulled very, very high-level recruits in the past, uh, and there's reason to believe that they could do that again here as well. Uh, but obviously, a lot of Gonzaga's future recruiting hinges on what ends up happening with Anthony Black. And then the last update from a recruiting perspective or a roster-changing perspective, I suppose, uh, we're starting to see a lot more names start cropping up at the transfer portal as seasons are ending. Uh, LMU already has four of their players in the transfer portal, which isn't too surprising after a pretty disappointing season for Stan Johnson and the Lions. Uh, and we'll start to start see some names kind of connected and some programs that reach out and show interest in some guys. The first one that I have seen where Gonzaga is officially known to be interested in a graduate transfer is UNLV grad transfer guard Marvin Coleman. A report from Joe Tipton at Tipton Edits saying that Gonzaga was one of the schools that reached out to Marvin Coleman after he put his name in the transfer portal. That does not mean a whole lot necessarily. Gonzaga likely reaches out to a lot of players who put their name in the transfer portal. Uh, this news coming out could be a way for Coleman to drum up some interest in his services by saying, hey, Gonzaga's interested in me. Not that I think he's lying. I'm almost positive he's not lying, but... You know, you got to take these things with a bit of a grain of salt. I don't know how interested Gonzaga is in Marvin Coleman. I will tell you that Marvin Coleman's overall collegiate career at UNLV has not been particularly impressive. A big part of that has been injuries. He only played in 11 games in his freshman season in 18-19. He played in just six games in 2020-2021, excuse me, and then 15 games this past season. Now, he did play 28 games in the 2019-2020 season. He started 20 of those games. He averaged seven points, five rebounds, two and a half assists. So he put up some really solid numbers. Seven, five, and two and a half is, is very good production. Uh, he's a six foot three veteran point guard. Think Aaron Cook, think Geno Crandall. That's kind of the vibe here. And it makes sense. We already talked about the Sky Clark situation and the fact that Gonzaga is probably preparing to go into next season with Nolan Hickman, Hunter Salas, and Dominic Harris on the roster. 
Julian Strother's more up in the air. He plays more of a wing and less of an actual guard role. Uh, obviously, Anthony Black very much up in the air. Same with Sky Clark. So we don't know if there's going to be a fourth guard added into that mix uh, from the recruiting class. But it was always kind of the plan that the Zags would add a fourth guard through the recruiting, or excuse me, through the transfer portal. That's what they've always done. They they pick up a fourth guard. Uh, sometimes they pick up a guard who starts right away, like Ros Bolton. Sometimes they pick up a guard who comes in specifically to play a backup role, a la Aaron Cook or Geno Crandall. That would be the case here with Coleman. Obviously, things could change. Hickman or Salas could decide to go to the NBA, could decide to transfer to another school. That would open up more of a need for the Zags to to be more aggressive in who they pursue on the transfer portal. But Coleman's a guy who's played a lot of basketball games. He's put up decent numbers. He's a good rebounder for a guard. Uh, He's not a very good outside shooter. He's a little bit more like kind of Cook in that regard, but he's a nice athlete. Uh, Obviously, the injury issues are pretty significant and would make it a little bit more challenging to to commit to him as having a significant role on this team. But Gonzaga is probably not going to go out and look for really high-level guards on the on the transfer portal unless they find out something about the future of Salas or Hickman. If those guys are going to be here next year, they're going to be the starters, and they're going to play a lot of minutes. And that means that they're going to, the, the Zags are going to fill out the roster by finding somebody who's more interested in playing a complementary role. Coleman would fit that bill in that sense. No idea, again, how strong the interest is here. Here. There's a lot of other schools on the West Coast who have shown interest. Portland and Shantae Leggins have reached out to him as well. Shantae already pulled a lot of talented players out of the Mountain West in his first season as the coach at UP, so I could see him doing it again. Certainly, if Coleman's looking for a chance to play a very big role, he would much more likely go to the University of Portland than he would go to Gonzaga. All right, the last thing I wanted to talk about in this segment before we move on and start talking about Gonzaga's baseball team is the new news we heard about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy is a chinfluencer. He has a new sponsorship deal with the Dollar Shave Club. For those of you who did not hear about this, uh, Drew Timmy, he he changed his facial hair ahead of the last game. Uh, He now has an official sponsorship with Dollar Shave Club. It's something we've been waiting for forever. Everybody talked about Drew Timmy's going to have some kind of sponsorship deal with a, a shaving company, a hairstyle company, something like that. And here we are. He is the newest spokesperson for Dollar Shave Club. It's probably not super relevant news. It's just kind of another fun thing that Drew Timmy's doing now that the NCAA is allowing student-athletes to profit off of their name, image, likeness. But there is something to be said for wondering if these kinds of opportunities, these kinds of financial incentives could help persuade a player to stay in college. We've talked about it a handful of times on this show before. It's been talked about at length by other people who do podcasts or who cover college basketball or college sports in general professionally. But it makes some sense for a guy who is not on draft radars in a significant way. He shows up on a lot of big boards, but rarely as an actual player getting selected in the mock draft. So if you're thinking "Eh, he's probably an undrafted free agent, he's maybe a G League guy, maybe a two-way guy, maybe a Euro League guy. What's to stop a guy like that from coming back for another season where you're going to be the man? He would be the man on this year's team next year. He's the man on this year's team already, so certainly the same situation next year. If he thinks they're going to compete for another national title next year, why not come back? You still make money. You still profit. You know, you're, you're still, you know, because the argument before was always, well, why wouldn't you go play professionally where you can get paid to play basketball? Here you're not getting paid. There you're getting paid. And that was a pretty strong argument. It was always hard to argue against that. In this case, though, he is getting paid. And he's getting paid probably a decent amount of money to be a spokesman for a pretty significant, successful 
company like Dollar Shave Club who is profiting off of his, you know, facial hair. So makes some sense that he might consider staying because of something like this. There's a lot of other factors at play, not just this, but it should make you think. It should make you wonder a little bit about what what does Drew Timmy's future look like and does stuff like this have a significant influence on where he plays basketball next year? All right, second segment, we're going to look at how Wednesday's games impacted the bubble. Before we get there, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Stat Hero. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still Locked On Zags. And I still want to thank all of you again for making Locked On Zags your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown Show on March 14th right here on the Locked On Zags podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball expert Chris Gordy, myself, and betting expert Lee Sterling will be there to give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup in the NCAA tournament. Speaking of matchups and the NCAA tournament, the bubble had some significant movement on Wednesday evening. Lots of games being played. Obviously, this is the time of year where there's a seismic amount of shifting going on in terms of which teams are going to play in the NCAA tournament and which teams are falling for the final time that season. Two teams are going to be sweating it out between now and Selection Sunday after losing on Wednesday night. That would be Wake Forest and Xavier. They both suffered quad three losses. Very, very winnable games. Wake Forest was defeated by Boston College. The Demon Deacons were up 10 with six minutes left, ended up blowing the lead, losing to Boston College. This is a team that is 13 and 19 on the season. Ken Palm has them 127th. Wake Forest was probably in, solidified in. If they won this game now, they're going to be really, really sweating it out. It's a bummer for Wake Forest, the team that doesn't often find themselves in the conversation for an NCAA tournament spot. It looked like they were pretty safe and secure. Now they're going to have to really, really sweat it out. Not quite as devastating as Xavier, though, who lost to Butler. Xavier was up six with 45 seconds left. 45 seconds left in the game. Xavier had a two-possession lead, ended up blowing it, losing to a bad Butler team. Butler, 13-18, and 134th. Per Ken Palm. This is not a good Butler team. Xavier started out the season so hot. I believe they were 14 and 3 to begin the year and have gone 4 and 10 since then. I'm not sure that they're gonna make it anymore. They were they were right in that conversation. A lot of places didn't even have them in the first four out or last four in. They were like squarely in the in the field. Now they're not so much. 
a lot of places that I have seen, the quick knee-jerk reaction is that right now, as of today, March 10th, they are still in the field. They're still expected to be in, but there are going to be more bid stealers. There's going to be somebody who wins a conference tournament that had no business winning a conference tournament, which gives another team an at-large bid. This is going to be a tricky spot for them. It also is tricky for a team like BYU, who right now is probably not going to make it. Most places have them in the next four out, not even in the first four out. Like they're five or six teams away from being in the field of 68. But when you see a team like Wake Forest lose, when you see a team like Xavier lose, it gives you a little bit of hope that, hey, maybe BYU could find a way to sneak into this game, sneak into the field here. It's possible. It's possible. There's still a handful of other games going on. As I'm recording this, Virginia Tech, who is right in the last four-out conversation as well, they are up 10 points over Clemson with five minutes to go. By the time you're listening to this, this game is over. If Virginia Tech does hold on and secure a victory, that's a that's a, a bummer for BYU. That's kind of a stamp against them. Uh, obviously, if Virginia Tech blows this game, it'll be the third team to blow a 10-plus point lead late in the game. Hopefully, that's not the case for the Hokies, but it would be a nice get for BYU. BYU if this team could also lose as well. A couple other games that went down on Wednesday that have an impact on the bubble. Oregon defeated Oregon State. Not a surprise there. The Beavers season was woeful, doesn't even begin to describe it. Pitiful, horrible. Just they went three and twenty-eight. Three wins, twenty-eight losses for Wayne Tinkle's team. This team went to the Elite Eight last year. And they went 3-28 and this year. Oregon beat them. Oregon is farther out of the bubble conversation than BYU right now, but they still secured a victory. They still get an opportunity to play again. They could pull off a victory over Arizona and play for the Pac-12 championship. Obviously, Oregon could be a bid stealer. They could win the Pac-12. That takes away a bid from somebody. Even if they don't, if they beat Arizona and lose in the Pac-12, they at least become a more interesting team on that bubble. I don't know what exactly it means for BYU, but it would be something to keep keep in mind there. Washington State, somewhat similar situation. They're farther out than even Oregon. I think they have to win the Pac-12 title outright in order to be in that conversation. But if they do, something to think about there. And then finally, my dark horse pick. I have not said this out loud yet, so I want to get this prediction out there in the open. I have this feeling that Utah State is going to win the Mountain West. Utah State has been one of the streakiest teams in college basketball. They'll go on a four-game losing streak, five-game win streak, four-game losing streak. They're sort of all over the place, but Ken Palm has loved them all season long as a top 50, top 60 caliber team. They're not currently projected in the field of 68 whatsoever because they have a pretty significant amount of losses, but they've proven they're capable of beating every single team in the Mountain West. And if they get hot at the right time, they win their way through the conference. That steals a bid in a major way because then Utah State makes it. Boise State still makes it. Colorado State still makes it. San Diego State still makes it. Wyoming, depending what happens with them, they might still make it as well. We could be looking at a five-bid Mountain West, which would be very, very wild and would definitely put a big hamper on BYU and Oregon and anybody else who's on that bubble's ability to make the NCAA tournament. All right, two segments. Now we're going to come back in the third segment. We're going to talk Gonzaga baseball because, folks, this team is hot right now. Really, really hot right now. We're going to talk about what they've done so far, what games they got coming up. Before we get there, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Run Your Pool. March Madness is only one week away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets. Are you going for the usual or are you going for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. 
Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing you there. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. All right, segment three, still Aiden Patton, still locked on Zads. Switching to talk about the hottest team in Gonzaga University athletics right now, the baseball squad. We had Coach Brandon Harmon on the podcast two weeks ago, just at the start of their season, talking about how good this team is going to be this year. He he might, if anything, he might have undersold this team so far. Ten and two record. Their only two losses came to Oregon State, one of the biggest powerhouses on the West Coast. Uh, Oregon State beat them in two of their first two games, so the Zags were two and two to start the season. They are now ten and two, eight game winning streak. In that eight game winning streak, they have. Come from behind to defeat the Golden Bears of Cal in a weekday game. They swept Big West powerhouse Cal State Fullerton. For for basketball fans who who maybe follow college basketball very closely, one thing that needs to recalibrate your brains when thinking about college baseball, the Big West is a bad basketball conference. The Big West, very, very good baseball conference. Cal State Fullerton, very prominent baseball program. Lots of very good big leaguers came out of Cal State Fullerton. Didn't bother the Zags. They swept them in three straight games. Gave up five total runs in three games against Cal State, Cal State Fullerton. As if that was not enough, they then turned around and played the number four ranked team in the country, the Sooners of Oklahoma State. They played them in three games. Guess what? Three straight victories against Oklahoma State. They also gave up five runs in three games. Ridiculous Ridiculous pitching performances from Gonzaga to defeat Cal State Fullerton and Oklahoma State. Then they had a game against Missouri. They were supposed to play a three-game series against Missouri. Unfortunately, only managed to get one of those games in. In that game, which took place on Wednesday night, they scored six runs in the eighth inning. Six runs in the eighth inning come from behind victory. So you got come from behind wins over Missouri and Cal. Two sweeps of good programs in Cal State Fullerton and Oklahoma State. An incredible start to the season for Gonzaga's baseball team. They are doing it on the strength of their pitching rotation. Their pitching has been capital P phenomenal this season. It starts 
with Gabriel Hughes, their Friday night starter, a guy who is rocketing up MLB draft boards, considered right now to be a potential third, fourth round caliber pick in the 2022 MLB draft. If, when it happens, not going to get all the way into the stuff going on with Major League Baseball right now. But Gabriel Hughes, very, very good start to the year. 2-0 record, 2.84 ERA. He's got a 0.79 whip, which whip, for those who are not super baseball savvy, is walks and hits per innings pitched. So he is giving up less than one walk or hit per inning thrown, which is phenomenal. 0.79 whip would lead the league in most, most Major League Baseball seasons. So phenomenal start to him. 19 innings pitched. He has struck out 30 hitters in 19 innings, and he has only walked five. That is extraordinary performance from Gabriel Hughes. He shut down Oklahoma State. He shut down Cal State Fullerton. He proved that he is capable of getting every hitter at the Division I level in college baseball out after what he did against those two teams. He throws cheese. He's up into the high 90s velocity-wise, some of the hardest pitches in college baseball. Been phenomenal to watch him pitch. If you get the opportunity to watch Gonzaga on a Friday night this year, Hughes is going to be the guy on the bump, and it's going to be a quick game, and it's going to be a fun game because he is going to mow people down. It's not just Hughes, though. Tristan Vrilling is having a phenomenal season as well. Not quite, doesn't quite jump out on the page statistically as much as Hughes. One and one record. ZRA is up close to 4.76. Not as good. Still not bad, though. 17 innings pitched, 29 strikeouts in 17 innings. He was phenomenal against Oklahoma State. I believe he struck out 13 in five innings against, again, the number four ranked team in the country. Number four ranked team in the country and really went out and struck out 13 in five innings in that game. He also gets up into the mid-90s. This is a fun thing about Gonzaga. A lot of their, their big league talent right now, Marco Gonzalez, Eli Morgan. Those two players are known for their change-ups. They're not known for high velocity. They throw in the high 80s, low 90s. They have really good change-ups. Brandon Bailey's got good stuff, but he's not a, a super high 90s fastball type guy. So a lot of people probably think that Gonzaga develops more of the kind of craftier pitchers and not necessarily high velocity guys. The high velocity guys normally go to the SEC. They normally play in like Dallas or somewhere, somewhere not on the West Coast. And, and that's not been the case. Gonzaga has guys who throw absolute gas. Not just Hughes, not just Reeling. William Kemper, their final starter, he's got a 1.69 ERA on the season. Uh, he is wild. He is effective. <laughs> ERA under 170 is, again, would lead the league in most, most seasons. Phenomenal stuff. But he's got 10 walks on the year. He's got five hit by pitches. Not entirely sure where the ball is going, which is part of the reason he's the Sunday guy and not the Friday guy. But still throwing up into the mid-90s, getting the job done. 1.69 ERA, you can't complain about that. Also had a phenomenal game against Oklahoma State and, of course, pitched well against Cal State Fullerton as well. So like I said, the series against Missouri was canceled. The Zags are going to play a couple of games in Long Beach against the Dirtbags of Long Beach State, another prominent Big West program as well. A great opportunity for this team to get a feel for how they can play against some of the biggest powerhouses on the West Coast. After that, conference play begins officially on March 18th when the Zags will be on the road at Pacific against the Tigers in Stockton, California. Don't miss an opportunity to see this team this year if you can. If you can get out to Patterson Baseball Complex in Spokane, 
Watch them play there. Absolutely do it. They're going to play in Corvallis a couple times this year and Eugene at least once this year. I'm going to hopefully go to all of those games or at least a couple of those games. So if you're going to see them in Oregon, let me know. And we can definitely hang out there and watch some really, really good college baseball this season. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Closing out the week this week with another exciting guest for Friday's show. You're not going to want to miss that one right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Thank you to those of you who make Locked On Zags your first listen every day. Now is a great time to make your second listen, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags!